Welcome to the Circle of Saul, the podcast where we use our snark to protect the occult community from itself and others. I'm Rune Emerson, and I'm a Flintstone with a smartphone. I'm Felix Warren, and I teach dinosaurs how to hook their freaking modems up. I love this idea. Um, so if you want more information about us and your dinosaur who's just gotten your freaking modem hooked up, then you can visit us at circleofsaltpodcast.tumblr.com. Yes. Now, and we are recording today on location in our cozy little borough, all decorated for the holidays on Second Life. Uh, it's called Salt Haven, and you guys totally should come see us. Uh, we are adorable. And if you show up in a hot dog costume when we're recording, you'll get a free reading. Um, <laughs> so good luck finding that out uh, and figuring out when to do it. But if we you have... manage this, then you will just get so much free reading. You get so you won't even need a free reading because you have power over fate. Anyways, um, so we also have a special guest with us today. So please allow me to introduce Tiffany. Tiff, please tell everyone all about you. Everything they want to know. Everything. <laughs> well, I do a lot of technomancy i guess which is appropriate considering the podcast we're doing today yes but um and i just got back from feeding the dino and the rudder so we should be all set oh good clever girl (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh yeah um all right so let's go ahead and get started i you know I'm, I just want to, before we do anything else, I just want to say thank you to all of our fans who are still loyal after the long radio silence. We have been very busy. Our life has been very crazy. We have had very little time for podcasting. And if you're still listening to us, you are a diehard and I love you so much. So Yes, thank you so much for having patience with us as we discover that we're just um, going to have to do better at certain things. <laughs> Kind of. I'm the one who's in charge of editing, and I've basically just found that I've had to ask a friend to help me edit. Because <laughs> it's a lot of work. Those of you, one day we're going to do a podcast on making podcasts, and it's just going to be a lot of garble. It's going to be like, it's going to be what basically is happening? Guess what? You think that you're capable of listening to your own voice speaking back to you for like three hours, and guess what? You're not capable. Yeah, mostly it just sounds like a really weird dial tone. Yeah. Just a strange experience. Let somebody else do it. I really hope that that noise just shocked someone awake. <laughs> like, <laughs> see, this is what happens when you listen to us when you're driving. Don't fall asleep on the road, damn it. <laughs> I like how that noise did not affect me whatsoever. <laughs> That's just because you've been dating me. <laughs> it's like, oh, this rune's around. <laughs> it's that rune noise again. Anyways, all right, let's get started. Um, it's time for our first installment, affectionately called Hekas Hekas Este Bullshit. And today's Dish of Salt is brought to you mostly by, well, I mean, it's kind of all three of us, but it's mostly Felix. It was his idea. Um, And it is entitled, Get a Life, Second Life. Uh, Well, I mean, you don't have to, but... No, you should. I've, like, usually our salts are about things that we don't like, but sometimes it's stuff that we actually do just want to dish on like you know stuff that we do enjoy so there's like a lot of things i enjoy about second life once i was able to actually get into it it did take a lot to be able to really start using second life as something i actually really liked hanging out in right and maybe we should tell people because there are going to be a lot of listeners who don't know what second life is so let's tell them what it is first uh so it's like a program like if you google if you google second life then you will find a web page on it and it will tell you things but i will tell you a couple things (laughs) um it's like 
basically a 3D world that you can log into, and if you like pay some money, you can buy some land, and you can put your furniture there, and you have to go buy some furniture with some more digital money that you buy, and you also buy clothes for your body, which you also buy. You buy your body, and you buy your eyeballs, and you buy everything. <laughs> um, well, you get a freebie, but it's gross. So. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't don't stick with your ghost freebie body. Like everything that you like learn about any kind of capitalistic dystopia novel is true in Second Life. <laughs> absolutely true um you know it's kind of like i always tell people it's like sims for multiplayer Mm -hmm. you know you can talk to each other although you don't have the stupid like nonsense where you like speak only in like (laughs) yeah that thing exactly (laughs) um and there's no woohoo i mean literally there's animated sex which is hilarious to watch if you have any in like inundation to uh pornography it is the funniest thing ever because it is so glitchy and garbled and stupid you have to have porn goggles to even buy furniture in second life because you will see previews of the weird kinds of sex that you can have on this chair if you buy this chair (laughs) like every like every innocent little like there's like a baby crib and it has (laughs) sex cannons in it and you're just like why why is this necessary so this is where the salt is, dear listeners. <laughs> this, is, this is the salty part. But yes. We're talking about this as all porn is being purged off of Tumblr. I know, right? Hey, porn artists, like, if you want guess somewhere what? to this go. Is, this is the exact opposite of what's happening on Tumblr, and this is what you get when you don't have what's happening on Tumblr. Yeah, this, exactly. This is what happens when nobody reigns you in. Like, the Linden, the Linden Labs is the people that are the ones who put second life together they're the company and like their characters are all called the lindens like they're these royal family you know like they're gods basically but it's funny because they don't give a fuck about anything it makes me laugh like i watched a linden standing on the side of a huge griefer battle at one point uh griefing is literally when you're using powers like you know because you can buy powers and magic and stuff like that or like you know throwing things at each other and stuff and just like harassing people all kinds of like chat noise that's griefing and he's just sitting over there practically eating popcorn watching the whole thing as they basically blow the whole sim to pieces it's really funny (laughs) (laughs) they don't give a fuck so like you know and they have a whole side of the grid that is designed for adult stuff which you can only get into if you have a registered account so that's really useful because if you don't have a registered account then you can never go there which means you never have to deal with it but it doesn't mean that you'll never ever see devices that are adult themed because the the moderate themed places just require that you have it inside a house or you know building like a private building which means that you might still see it through the window anyway (laughs) enough about oh no like just like in real life no this one's is not closing the curtains. Right? <laughs> people rarely ever even put up curtains. Like, <laughs> you know, this is the weirdest thing. Like, most people have their, on Second Life, I've noticed that most people have, like, a special room where they go when they have to work out their outfits because they don't want to, like, take off their shirt in public and show their nip knops to everybody. Mm-hmm. So they're like, I'm going to go home real quick and I'm going to try this outfit on and see how this works and blah, blah, blah. But the funny thing about that outfit is, like, when they go to their little teleported place, when they go to their little house or whatever, they seem to forget that they have windows, and those windows are huge (laughs) and open, (laughs) and rando people will just fly by and just be like, oh, I see what you did there. (laughs) It's because it's the Second Life is such a strange place. I will say, like, one of the things about Second Life that um, I 
I don't really like is that because everything's in 3D, um, sometimes things are harder to do in Second Life than they are in real life. Like, I have these little dangly moon things that I got for the windows in here, mm -hmm. and... Like, I haven't hung them up yet because placing each one is just like a persnickety nightmare. Uh, and arrow pressing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're still a newbie to building. And mind you, I am not a great builder, but like, I can teach you some tricks. And that's yeah. literally how Second Life is. You know nothing when you get in here. Nothing. And like, everything is impossible. And if you don't have a friend holding your hand the entire time, you will look like a fool. And it yeah. will be hilarious. So long as you don't have social anxiety. <laughs> it's like, and I have social anxiety, so I'm like, uh, I'm trying to remember anything that I know from whenever I was doing Maya 3D in my, like, uh -huh. 10 years ago, over 10 years ago, 3D animation shit. Well, and this is really old tech, too. Like, I mean, like, it, I just found oh, out so that... So was Maya 3D, that was, like, 2004. Yeah, I just <laughs> found out that Second Life, well, because that's, like, right around when it came out, too. Um, mm -hmm. when, when Second Life came out, I think they were using that at one point, but anyways, uh, Second Life uh, just got rendered obsolete by Mac, by Apple. Mm -hmm. Like, Apple just rendered them obsolete because they decided to stop using the, I think it's OpenGL or something. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Remember, I am a Flintstone with a smartphone. I know nothing. So uh, <laughs> I, apologize if I, say th I apologize if I say something wrong, but whatever. But um, they just eliminated that, and the whole of Second Life uses it. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's terrible. Like, how are you doing a workaround with that? Is it because you use the the, the Firestorm viewer? Yeah, that, I know this works. is kind of like nuts and bolts. That's not really podcast related. Yeah, th okay, <laughs> that's totally boring. Let's move on. But anyways, <laughs> so all right, so Second Life. I like. I feel like I've been talking a lot, and this is supposed to be like Felix's jam. So you go ahead and talk about the things that are interesting to you about Second Life. Um, I like that you can like just. If you want anything that is unrealistic in life, you can go get it in Second Life. Right now, I have a little flying peacock griffin over my shoulder, and it's all I want in life. Um, <laughs> it's so thank cute. you, Tiff. Tiff gave that to me. Um, You're welcome. And it's, like, freaking adorable. It just did a little flip. Um, and I love this because I read Anne McCaffrey novels growing up, and I wanted a fire lizard very much, and now I've got a freaking peacock griffin. That's about the same size. Um, <laughs> and these are just, you know, desires that I've had since being a kid that I'm like, you know, there's certain things I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get in the future. And I did, you know, like I wanted something that ended up being basically a smartphone. Right. You know, and I think all of us basically wanted that and we got yes. smartphones. But, wrote, you know, yeah, I did. They wrote books about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I did not get a fire lizard. Um, Which is very so, sad. Yeah, it's very sad. It's the worst tragedy. Um, but I can have one in Second Life without much effort, you know? Yeah, it's pretty easy. I mean, he's sitting there, like, hanging out with you, and so is your butterfly, which I gave you. Yes, a beautiful <laughs> butterfly, and the griffin does not try to eat the butterfly. That is nice. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like heaven. The animals don't hurt each other. Also, you're in Nevada, and us two are over in, like, Oregon, but we're all in the same place looking at my peacock, Griffin. Because yes, um, we want to see your peacock, cock, cock, your peacock, cock. Oh, God, <laughs> that freaking song. Anyway, um, <laughs> and we got to have our little tree together because, like, it's really hard for me to do Yule stuff in my house right now. I Like, there's a little nook that downstairs where I can put a tree, but otherwise I have two rambunctious kittens. Yes. 
and I don't have a tree. I know, um, right? And I won't have a tree. <laughs> we have a, I have a cat tree. We have a ritual room at my house, which allows us to put our tree in there. But I used to have the door open, and then Roy disabused us of that notion last year. He took the tree down for us. Mind you, it was like the middle of March. But he took the tree down for us. He decided that it was time for it to go. <laughs> so we were like, well, the tree is down. Half the bulbs are um, no longer hangable. Okay, I guess we won't be doing that again. So we have to do an actual tree, and then we have to keep the door completely closed. And I'm kind of like, is there a way for us to do a tree that the cats won't destroy? Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, but yes, <laughs> I'm familiar with your problem. Anyway, uh, but in Second here. Life, we all we have this tree right here, and I could go into like my like you know room up in the sky because you know in Second Life you can just keep building up and up and up. You don't have to worry about your fucking mineral rights ending like you know three feet down. It's very true. <laughs> Sorry, I feel very strongly about that. <laughs> Second life, you can just keep digging deeper and not even... I don't think uh, you can dig deeper. I think that it won't go down, but it does go up. Yeah, I don't know how like far deep... You, I guess you can't get dig deeper than the ocean. Yeah, exactly. You just dig down to water level, and then you're fine. Um, <laughs> you know, that would be kind of fun. Create like a little like hidden city of catacombs in our house area. But we're going to have to do that on Felix's land, not mine. It's basically like Legos, the game. But not kind of. But Lego already makes games like that. But we're in ones that aren't with Lego. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, just so go with it. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting though. Like for magical purposes, it's really useful. Um, anybody who has seen the movie Ready Player One, uh, that particular movie, uh, the book was written by a, a guy who very commonly frequented Second Life. And we actually, those of us who are veteran Second Lifers, know that because when we were reading the book and listening to the lingo, we're like, oh, that's a Second Life term. Oh, no. And like, so it was really easy for us to recognize. Um, but anyway, so um, if you've seen the movie, you can recognize it's literally like you create your reality. Um, and that is very handy as a tool for magicians. Because, I mean, if there's anything that we can do, that we could use as a, like, a kind of model thing, is some sort of sterile laboratory where we can create magical effects and then and create cool things and symbols and, and talismans and all this kind of stuff and try stuff out before bringing it to, to meet space where you have to pay for the materials. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's one of the reasons why I really like Second Life as a magical medium. Mm. And then, Felix, you were saying that you had a really strong magical connection to it as well. Well, one of, one of the things I really like is that um, once I started kind of getting a better handle on my psychic senses, because um, I didn't for a while, because I was getting a better handle on my life. Um, so once that felt less crazy... It was a lot easier since my psychic senses, and I noticed that I was starting to feel the space inside of Second Life. Um, like, just kind yeah. of feel where people were in it and where I was in relation to stuff there. Um, and, you know, in more of a way than just my imagination, as usual. And it's like, that's really cool, that's neat. I can, like, you know, it's actually somewhere where I can kind of 
occupy it and be there. Um, so, like, I'm kind of at the point where I can see all the possibilities of what to do Second Life. I haven't, like, really done a whole bunch of stuff yet because I just started getting to the point where Second Life started feeling like a place I could settle into. Hmm. And that's because of, like, what you said earlier. It's like, you know, you, yeah, because you get into you Second Life and you have nothing. <laughs> right, and it's terrible because, like, I've been out of shape on Second Life, just out of touch for so long that I don't even know how to tell people how to do things right. Like, it's so frustrating. Yeah, I'm often having to re-describe to you how things work, and you're like, oh, that's right. Oh, that thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know. And you're like, you're the expert. And I'm like, oh, not really. <laughs> well, I'm trying to click the button, Rune. Rune, I'm clicking the button. What happened? There's, there's Why so am much, I standing on the mirror, Rune? <laughs> there's so much Discord, like, screen sharing. <laughs> um, so, what about you, Tiff? How about you? Have you experienced much in the way of magical connection to this space? Um, I'm starting to. I just, uh, with my working with technomancy more it's more working with the machines themselves not so much the programs but i'm starting to experiment with that so it's cool still a work in progress well um so like for me this was i started doing this in god well you know what i'm right here now so i can find out when did i start doing this (laughs) uh profile i have been here for 11 years (laughs) this says i've been here since 2007 Wow. That, wow. That can't be right. I thought it was earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm older than this. <laughs> I kind of thought I was, actually. I'm pretty sure I am older than this. I guess it's just registering. Is it because me. of a different profile having been older than this one? No, I mean, this is my oldest profile. But okay. anyway, um, yeah, I was pretty sure that I'd been here since like 2004, but whatever. Um, uh, anyway, so. I've been here for a really long time, and a lot of the magical practice that I have, like, developed over the years, I got to try out here before I did anything else. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. But um, I always have seen Second Life as being very similar to, like, a digital version of Fairy, like, hmm. Elfame, Like, don't eat or drink anything here because it won't sustain you. Um, and everything here requires transaction and contract to work. Like, literally here, gravity doesn't work. <laughs> unless you want it to that kind of thing like you have to like everybody can fly i can turn off whether you can fly there's all this weird kind of like god controls type things it's very strange but um it's always been very interesting to me because once i've created a space in second life i it becomes kind of a a hub of magical force that can kind of generate power into my magic if i reflect some of the things from second life in the physical world like if i wear the same kind of clothes in Second Life as I wear in the real world, then there's kind of an inflow, a connection between this world and that world. It's very interesting to me. So, yay portable astral planes or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, and another thing that I really enjoy about this place as a, like, a mystical kind of place is uh, anybody from the 90s who was familiar with right around like the like the turnover from like the 80s like right around 1989 uh, a game was released called shadow run and in it we're like it's like 2052 or something like that 2070 something or whatever and it's like the world 
around 2012 went through a weird magical awakening where dragons woke up underneath like the volcanic mountains of uh like mount fuji and various different places in hawaii and things like that and they just flew out of the volcanoes and like magic came back with their awakening and at the same time corporations were taking over everything and they obliterated the american government um which we kind of see <laughs> at the moment <laughs> um <laughs> So, like, this weird sort of dystopia, right? But also weird magic coming back. And so one of the things that happened was the Native Americans developed the their magical abilities because they never really stopped. Like, Native tribes all over the country in America, n- they had never really stopped practicing their indigenous practices. So someone suddenly discovered that the ghost dance worked. And then they used it. And then they took back most of America. It was kind <laughs> of cool. Um, and, like all the white people are pushed off into the corners of America, like up in Washington and like way down in like, down in like the, in like Arizona or no, not Arizona, but like, uh, like off to the East coast or something. And just like in Chicago and they're like pushed into little corners. And also during this time, there was a great big virus that took out like 90% of the world population. So like there aren't a whole lot of people, and then some of these people, some of the new people are being born with pointy ears and shit and like, you know, being born with like tusks and horns and it's just like really kind of crazy. Oh wow. It was really weird and neat. Um but the whole whole point of it was like magic came back and then like the D&D races were a thing. Um and then like people were magical and there was all kinds of weird stuff but on the meantime, technology had also evolved, and it was alongside with that. So you had sort of a cyberpunk universe where it's like people running around trying to destroy the horrible corporations that are controlling everybody's lives <laughs> um, with magic and with their elite hacking skills. And like everybody's got like data chips in their head. Like there's a technological advancement that lets you project your mind into an electronic universe called the Matrix, which will not sound really strange to anybody who has actually seen the matrix but anyways um it's really neat and really fun and second life kind of reminds me of that because the matrix runners all communicate with each other almost telepathically certainly sub vocally like through their 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 cyber decks mm-hmm. and uh when they communicate they don't communicate by just saying things to each other they throw gifs and memes at each other they throw images they throw little sound bites of songs anything they can think of they grab off the net and throw at people and so like when they communicate it's a multimedia immersive communication experience it's tumblr yes only like (laughs) like 4d like it's 3d plus a telepathic element 4d hell so but it's really no it's actually kind of neat I know, I know, I know, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. And it's very similar to what Second Life is like. And so I'm very fond, like, I very, I love these kinds of immersive situations. I enjoy MMORPGs. I enjoy these kinds of places. But it does layer and nuance the way that I think and the way that I think that people on this, like, program think. When I've communicated with my friends who are who I met through Second Life, and I communicate with them in the physical world, we have this tendency to trail off in conversation where we'll say something and then we'll just. And that's because at this moment we would usually be throwing in a YouTube link or tossing in a <laughs> GIF or something, because we will have verbal conversations with each other over mic, 
looking at each other in the face or in the avatar and then throw little gifts at each other and type things at the same time and it's just this multi-layered kind of experience and it changes the way we communicate um, and it's very interesting and that is very handy for learning how to cast spells and learning how to think magically because you're using symbols to communicate change into the world the next step from communicating with each other to communicate change of mind is to use that same method to communicate change of reality and that's a magic thing sorry i rambled a lot you like to teach magic a lot i do <laughs> <laughs> So I love Second Life, and that's the whole reason I got on here. I was looking for an online platform to teach my classes. And that did not work, by the way. Some classes just cannot be taught except in person. Uh, but anyways. So what, <laughs> a, what about you guys? Say something so I don't feel like I've hammed up everything. <laughs> you have not hammed up everything. Not at all. You are here. Everyone is also here for you. Um, um. Thank you. I will sit on my throne and you can all throw roses at me. <laughs> There's probably a button for that in Second Life somewhere. There is. Um, <laughs> I know exactly where it is. I will have to like go go find nope. the, the cherry blossom gun. I will not help um, you. Oh my god, don't even bring up guns. <laughs> no, I mean uh, cherry blossom petals. Do you remember <laughs> Do you remember YouTube? Okay, there was a YouTube user who created uh um oh god, uh shoot a whoop. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I'm a fire my laser. I have that gun. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do I have that gun and the remote turrets that allow me to use it from literally any location anywhere on my sim Man. it is I, like someone brought that to life and I jumped on it as soon as I got a chance I was like yes <laughs> oh. it was very funny for yeah, like, but, and that also tells like that is one of the things about Second Life though that get, gets kind of annoying is that you can easily find that, but I cannot easily find like um, other things that I look for. Um, that sounded like, dirty. What are you talking? I know. About? <laughs> I'm just looking for like a nice chess table. <laughs> oh no, those there are plenty of those. We just haven't looked. And anyway, no, no, I, I have looked around, and it's oh. like I found like some things, but there's like certain things I'm just looking for, and it's like. Like I think that it's easier to find a costume for a fox than it is to find this other particular thing. Yes, um, I would definitely say that Second Life is the realm, the, like the realm de jour of the lifestylers. Like, if you want to walk around and be a manticore, then by the way, you want to you want to walk around and be a manticore you do, you do. they're cute you do yeah get it go be go walk around and be a manticore but like if you want to then second life is definitely the place for you because you can very easily do that but like um if you want to easily find a pair of jeans that you're pretty sure will work out that's um, uh, that's, that's gonna awesome. be harder yeah, that's often a really hard <laughs> challenge. But anyways, that's not the only drama that there is, too. Those are some troubles, like glitches with your avatar. Oh, these are really cute pants. My ass sticks literally out of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then whenever I try to, like, dress in new clothes, suddenly I had two bodies at once because, like, to work in Second Life, you have to get an entirely new body while your other body is invisible. <laughs> it's a huge mess. And then, it's like, kind of like having an astral self that you're trying to learn how to like work with your astral self while still working with your physical self. I agree. That is exactly yeah. what it is like. 
Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's like that's exactly what it's like. Um, you know, the, the sad thing is, of course, because this is a human contra- contraction as well. It's like a human construct. Uh, it comes with human drama, and that is yep. the, probably the biggest thing that makes it hard to be on Second Life. Is that any of you out there who are fond of role play? If any of you have ever been to like a live action role play, there are like two ways that it goes. Um, live action role play groups are either amazing, like basically improv theater groups with these incredible talents and just incredibly fun and laid back and easygoing and super interesting and whatever, or they are a collection of socially dysfunctional psychopaths. And unfortunately, you run into both here, so please be careful. Um, likewise, uh, just, oh, there's just so much. Don't, if you ever come on to Second Life, my advice to you is don't get involved in anything that causes you to spam people or causes you to give people a whole bunch of your money all the time or causes you to uh, have to deal with people's emotional drama in order to have any fun. Like, seriously, find the less dysfunctional people. And if they seem to be dysfunctional, if they start saying things to you like the moon landing was a hoax, or we live on a flat earth or something, or they start spouting up how wonderful Trump is, just disconnect. You have a block button for a reason. Yeah. Use it. And nobody wants to because they want to connect. They want to be a part of things. And maybe maybe in 10 years, I will look back at that advice and be like, God, Rune, why did you say that to them? But honestly protect yourselves my dears protect yourselves these people are crazy and the internet gives them a platform and in this they can exist as an actual living being in the internet so ban them <laughs> anyways but, i've got to say one thing too yes and it has nothing to do with that whatsoever oh if you join and you have a male avatar, you're going to have a lot of trouble finding clothes compared to female avatars. It's very true. There is a big disparity. Probably because most of the clothing designers think that women are prettier than men. And, oh, by the way, those of you who are gender non-binary, have fun with that. <laughs> uh. There are, like, three places that I can recommend. I mean, people are very comfortable with LGBTQ on, on this uh, program. But... They're also, they also have a tendency to not be terribly uh, self-aware, and so they're not really aware of their prejudices towards like gender conformity and binary. So they don't realize that uh, there is no such thing as girl clothes. There's no such thing as guy clothes. If you see a really cute like cape or something, and it's designed for, quote-unquote, a girl guaranteed it's going to be accommodating a very specific set of measurements like there mm-hmm. are going to be boob slots and because all girls apparently have boobs according to this which is fucking ridiculous but anyways so a little conversation will usually allow you to change things but also understand that the people you're dealing with are not self-aware they are not aware of the shit that they are pulling they're not aware of their prejudices their implicit bias they are generally like i said kind of freak balls so you know just disconnect if they're causing i also notice they're kind of blindly like copying department store layouts oh Mm -hmm. yeah the amount of plagiarism that happens on this website is insane 
Yeah, so you have like a men's section and a women's section and a children's section and a home and garden section because they're thinking of Macy's. Somehow. Exactly. Specifically, they will have copied <laughs> the layout from Macy's, or yeah. they will be like, like all like the outfits that they have put on there are literally the outfits that just came out in the fall fashion line from some you know designer. They just replicated them, and they do that all the time. There are people. The I mean, in a world where you can walk around looking like Maleficent from. Uh, from Disney, or Spyro the Dragon, or the Great Pumpkin, whatever someone's interpretation of that is, or, or a hot dog uh, costume, or American McGee's Alice, um, or uh, you know uh, what is her name, uh, Holly Marie Combs, or Alyssa Milano. You can walk around wearing anything, anyone's face, anyone's shape, anywhere, like. Of they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it, and they're just gonna hope they don't get caught. <laughs> and <laughs> it works. I mean, honestly, this is a, an entire universe of people who never had anyone tell them they weren't allowed to do something. As long yeah, as you don't, as long as you don't break the terms of of service, you're fine. There's a lot of JPEGs for sale, basically. Yep. Okay, so let's move out of the like yes and no yeah we're just ragging on second life pros and cons about second life (laughs) i mean that was the dish so we can move on from it now but we're going to actually talk a little bit more about our our actual discourse subject so without further ado we're going to jump into our discourse segment aka echo chamber azarak where we talk about things that are totally true and totally interesting and you're interested because we said you would be and we're right and other people are wrong so listen to us damn it um, today's discourse is The Matrix Has You Neo. We're going to talk about technomancy, the practice of magic through modern technology. So, Felix, when you think of technomancy, what is it you think of? Um, when I think of technomancy, I think of magic that involves you know, modern technology. I know you've already said that, but um, I don't think of technomancy as a specific school of magic or as a specific system. Um, I think that like there's a lot of if you do magic or you do your life a lot of times you're just going to end up involving technology um so if you have a if you want to use tarot in your magic you may involve it may involve using the tarot deck on your smartphone instead of the tarot deck that you know you have in real life okay um but i like you know there's also times whenever you might be thinking of doing magic in a much more involving technology deeply kind of context and i think that just basically depends on if you have a really deep knowledge of technology that makes sense what about you tiff uh pretty much similar to that i mean it's just working with technology with magic in mind i guess is the way that i use it so um anything from like basically using a phone as a connection to someone's self sort of like a um tag lock I hate or that word. something like that. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I, I knew <laughs> I you were going to say I, it, and I, I waited for you to say it so that I could word. salt on it. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I mean, it's the digital imprint of yourself or stuff like that, so. Well, and people don't necessarily realize that their mm-hmm. Facebook, their Tumblr, their profile on MySpace or whatever literally says a lot about them. They have mm-hmm. put their soul in front of the world. They've literally just, bloop, there it is. And so a lot of times it is very useful for magic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're similar to to Felix on that one, where 
Technomancy is using technology as part of your spell casting. Like, instead of just using a stone and an herb, you're using a stone and an herb and a digital file on your computer. Yeah, in some cases, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, like, for me, it kind of breaks down on a spectrum. Um, Technomancy, for me, is on a spectrum of how important is the tech for you to use this as a spell like how important is it for for it to be like how important to your magic is it for example on one end i have what i think of as like the like other forms of magic that also sometimes incorporate technology like uh you've got like on the extreme area where it doesn't incorporate technology at all you've got people you know like lighting candles and and turning off all their electronic appliances and casting their circles with a stick and all this kind of stuff and it's all very rudimentary nature focus kind of stuff like zero technology a caveman could do this although obviously a caveman couldn't make a candle but whatever that kind of stuff and then the further away from that primal kind of direction you head towards like people who will do what you guys were talking about where you're like okay so I can use my uh, phone to create a connection to someone's Facebook as a linking object for a spell to target them, or I like to play DVDs on the in the background that have like cool kind of effects or whatever as just like a setup for subliminal programming or whatever. Um, or hey, I can use this microchip as a heart to put inside of an object that is going to create magic because that's what it would do if I put it in a computer, you know, whatever. You've got these different kind of concepts, and then you have people who are like point and click on that, where they're like, "I have a, I have a smartphone, and my phone has a, an app for tarot, and then I have a, an app for voodoo, where I put someone's face on a digital voodoo doll and shake my phone around, and it throws them all over the place." I actually have that um, app. Um, that is actually an app I have on my phone. <laughs> Don't piss me off. <laughs> I feel like wow. I feel like Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. You know, my <laughs> friends need to be punished. Digital pickle jar. Exactly. It's it's the digital oh pickle jar. But anyway, so then you go further in and you have something like like all the way down to the universe is a computer, the world is like populated by programs, everything is digital, and so I'm learning to hack the planet, all this kind of stuff, and you've got people who literally see the world is the matrix um which was very disappointing when they saw the second movie uh, because the second movie ruined it um oh man i like actually really liked the second movie but the third movie really just buried it i liked all three of them because i didn't take them too seriously i was just like oh it's keanu reeves flying around with cgi and it's cool it's great that's i did not have a massive hatred for the third one i just like but it did ruin the canon i mean it was really kind of shit at that point <laughs> so I'm with you there. Anyway, um, so somewhere in there, there are like apps like um, people who do rituals on Second Life or on like World of Warcraft or uh, Final Fantasy or any of that kind of stuff. I, I do that all the time, actually. I do digital rituals where I will go to a place that is on the game that is like of particular importance for some storyline or another you know there are always these little places all over the like the 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 map that you can find that are significant even if they're just places of particular like beauty or something and then i'll do like a little like 
prayer in chat or something and do some emotes to kind of like you know bow and pray or something like that i'll do like a one of my little effects that i can produce without having a target there and i'll you know do some magic i'll cast some spells um one of the things that we do on my final fantasy game is we've established a house that is literally a haunted house and i've done the layout like the only way you're going to be able to get around here is if you know the secrets there's a secret passage there's a hidden uh, room there's all this kind of other stuff and there's a ritual chamber where if you don't know how the devices work you can't do the ritual but it's designed for ritual um the thing is though my opinion on this whole situation and check me on you guys's opinion on this because like yeah. this is my opinion magic is real magic is the way reality works these digital methods by doing magic does not change the fact that they are doing magic if you need a spell that requires a particular virtue harvested from the world you can go out into the world and you can go find that herb that you're looking for that stone or that that collection of water from the like from a, a stump somewhere you can go to that place and harvest it and bring it back and do a spell with that that will work it will help you can also simulate that same action by going to a place on your video game and doing the same kind of action if questing is what you need there are lots of ways you can quest because these video games these alternate realities that we play these devices that we have on our phones they all exist in real life and there is nothing more uh legit about a candle made with 11 secret herbs and spices in it than a program that is programmed with code in the back that does exactly the same stuff. You know, there, it's all technology. Magic, the practice of magic is the use of human technology for the, the changing of reality. I'd like to mention if that if somebody can make a candle that smells like Popeye's fried chicken, I will buy your candle. Oh, <laughs> ew. I will, I will not. Only if, if biscuits are included, though. Oh, God. I want a chicken candle and a biscuits candle. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm may sorry, have I'm... been the most southern thing you've ever said. <laughs> wow. I can't eat I can't eat Popeyes anymore because of the gluten, so, I mean, I need to be able to smell it. Oh, you can actually go into his house. Like, you live in Portland, don't you? Yeah. So, oh, my Christ. <laughs> I'll just sit here and not mention the fact that I was totally on board with this candle. Damn idea. it! Oh, I, that's it. That was the last visit I'm ever making to your town. <laughs> I'm going to come there and it's going to smell like chicken everywhere. No, Man. it's okay. I love chicken. It's okay. I'm fine. <laughs> Do you like make candles and then shake in some Tony Sacheries? I don't know. Oh my god. Um, anyway, let's move. Let's move along from this because you are sickened. Um, <laughs> so. Like, do you guys agree, though? I, I was actually going to uh, say something that I've done um, before is um, when I'm sick, I will play Portal 2, specifically the the levels where you fall down into the lower layers. Okay. And there's a, there's a part where you fall down into lower levels that were built in, like, the 60s uh -huh. or so, and you have to work your way back up, and there's clear... Um, uh, 
going back up from Hades to like the living world um, analogies that are built into it. Like you see Tartarus like painted on the side of one of the towers down below at one point. Um, so they like put it. They they lay the metaphors pretty heavy. But um, when I'm sick, having a journey where I climb up for the underworld. <laughs> <laughs> is very helpful. <laughs> right. Is, don't you have to carry GLaDOS in a potato? Yes, you do. Okay, because, like, you know, potatoes are, like, underworld vegetables as well. Yeah, and she's constantly uh, attacked by a black bird. This is, like, totally symbolic. Okay, so <laughs> no, they, they, they lay in a lot of symbolism purposefully. The the writers are very clever, and they like to, to, to put in those kinds of deep things just as much as they like to make fart jokes. Um, so for those of you who are listening, if any of you happen to know the designers of Portal or Portal 2, please give them our compliments for their excellent <laughs> esoteric research. And please thank them for Old Man Murray. That was a great website. And also for fart jokes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, about, what about you, Tiff? What do you think on the whole subject about magic yeah, and stuff? I agree with what you're saying. I mean, uh, sometimes even just having technology on hand, I tend to use it sometimes as a substitute if I don't have something on hand, but I can get a picture of it. That's, you know, not like a random Pinterest image because those tend to, like, uh, fuck everything up. Yes. <laughs> Cursed but images. If, <laughs> but if I could get something like that, I tend to sometimes use that as a substitute just because it's a lot easier than having to go out and like, especially when I'm at home and already comfortable and basically ready to go and realize that I forgot something. <laughs> so. There you go. Uh, so, um, now, uh, one of the questions that I kind of have for people who do geekomancy, techomancy, all that kind of stuff. Do you ever do you ever have a kind of spell that you run into where like I run into this a lot where people who do certain kinds of techomancy or geekomancy, they do it as a substitute for other kinds of magic. Like you were just saying, like I'll use this as a substitute for that. That shows that you have done the first step of learning any sort of occult any sort of occult uh, methodology or technology wherein you you learned the mechanics of how everything is supposed to actually work you did your research and now you can adapt it to whatever tools you want to use but do you ever have certain kinds of spells where you prefer a technological medium yeah definitely i mean especially since i tend to um incorporate technology in a lot of my spells i it's weird in some level to have a spell that's not got some kind of technological technological element there you go i mean i can do them but it's just it just feels kind of off <laughs> there was a time when I would come on Second Life when I really wanted to do divination that kind of cleared things up for me. Like, I can read with literally anything. I, I, I've been practicing divination since I was eight. But I would do divination out here, and it would go so-so, and I would be like, I really don't understand what the hell that meant. So then I would go into Second Life, and I would be like, all right, tell me what that meant. And oh my god, the amount of information I would get. It was vastly superior to any of the other divination I would do, and it actually perplexed people at how much I knew. Um, <laughs> and like, so I actually got to a point where I preferred to do that. There's a kind of... Uh divination that I've been doing by browsing the headlines of Google News 
um, where I'll just watch the patterns of certain headlines that pop up and what they're about and then what all the sub-headlines are about. And um, sometimes they will um, basically give me kind of an omen before something comes up in my life. Like, some kind of weird thing happens with um, eggplants to this woman in North Carolina two days ago, and then suddenly eggplants come up in a big way. Like, and I know that, like, okay. saying eggplants is very strange. I, am <laughs> I wish I had a much better example right now. Eggplants. You're like, I, I regret everything. But <laughs> no, it'd be like, you know, if, like, somebody came down with, like, this illness in, you know, this one area that I, like, read an, an article about, and then, like, you know, somebody, like, you know, near me, like, also came, came down with that illness, and therefore I already knew a whole bunch about it because I'd read that article, and it's like, you know. That was really useful. Um, right? <laughs> I get a lot of that with like reading the news now, and then I'll see kind of like uh, things pop up in patterns when it comes to the news, and it'll kind of like keep me on my toes for that to sort of pop up in real life, and then I feel whenever it happens, a little bit more prepared and and, and not freaked out. <laughs> and that's really been only possible with um, online news services that uh, like combine a news search. Um, and sort all these headlines electronically to where I can, like, you know, look at them and on, in a different hour of the day, it'll show differently. Like, I can't do this with a newspaper. Right. I can't browse newspapers this way. They, they're all, like, you know, paragraphs and shit that distract me. These yeah. just show headlines. And so, yeah, like, um, some of this is just neurodivergence, but no, see, I can... Once actually, I get past my neurodivergence, it's easy to use it as divination. There's actually like a precedent to that too. Like I read a, a tradition wherein if you read the newspaper main headlines um, from the day you were born in the town you were born, you can learn something about your own destiny. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, it's hmm. sort of like, uh, I don't know, like a hot sheets version of astrological chart. <laughs> it's just been like kind of my... Tri- trying to figure out a way to divine, you know, what's the world's current or what's, you know, local uh, you know, the U.S.'s current, what's Oregon's current. Um, and yeah, like, that's, and that's what Dowsing through news is what I try to do. That's what divination's all about. It's connecting to the hidden patterns and the hidden movements of things and learning things from it. So, yeah. That sounds Yeehaw. perfectly sensible to me. Um, so, yeah, there are other kinds of spells. Like, we did a spell to protect uh, President Obama when he was elected to keep him protected from assassination. Um, and it was just a group of us, and we did a small spell, but, like, it was really weird because, like, it worked dramatically. Like, obviously he wasn't assassinated, but that's not the point. Like, weird shit started happening immediately as we were doing it. It was an online ritual because one of my uh, ritual participants was in Alaska, and one of them was in Texas, I think. I don't remember, but anyways, but we were all over the place. And so we gathered online and got on Second Life and did this thing, and it helped. Like, it had an immediate effect. And I was like, well, that's fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting to bring that kind of stuff up because I think that people are... People have a prejudice in magic. We tend to, because of the way that people have been raised to think of magic in general, they think of it as an archaic thing from the past, and it's always linked to old stuff or right. prosaic stuff mm-hmm. that, that is not involved in our modern day. Like, And I've brought this up on multiple occasions in multiple places, but we never, um, we never advanced our craft. Magic 
has as a technology not advanced in its motive or in its in its basis like in its foundation at all not at all um like in direct contrast to like medicine or art like artistic technique has evolved and changed so that we have brand new interesting methods of art that we've never had before um uh, science has evolved in such a fashion that medicine is now able to cure and and aid people in things that once crippled entire like cities uh we know how to deal with the black plague we know how to deal with smallpox we know how to deal with polio all this kind of stuff but um magic never did magic is still dealing with the same set of concerns you want to have revenge on your enemy you want to make someone fall in love with you you want to heal the sick you want to you know protect your home these are all base concerns that we have had since the beginning since the onset of magic um so people tend to think that we outgrew magic and that magic was fake and that it's old sort of like christmas is like a traditional period of time that is associated with magic or they have to believe in it yes and so there's this <laughs> prosaic sort of attitude this sort of like provincial attitude about magic and so the idea of magic and technology as a blend like and i when i say technology i do literally mean like i mean any form of technology but i also am specifically referencing computers electricity all this kind of stuff people don't want to think of it that way they get very angry whenever you think of it that way they're like no if i'm looking for a remedy in the past if i'm looking for a remedy from magic i'm looking for a last resort remedy that comes from ancient times from africa or something you know or like my great great grandmother had this recipe or whatever i'm looking for a fix it that comes from the past often the explanation of why it works is because it's been done thousands of times by like so many different people right mm -hmm. the thing is magic is ubiquitous Mag magic exists everywhere in every direction just like gravity and electricity and the laws of thermodynamics are real so is magic and so it exists everywhere and everything that we create we can use to employ in magic if we wish to um and I think that that escapes some people because I think it would surprise people. Um, I had this conversation, I think it was a week ago, maybe a little less, wherein someone was saying, we were talking about how I had had an argument with somebody many, many years ago at a, a pagan festival where they got pissed off about the fact that witches were developing a sense of witchcraft like a desire to practice and a like a love for the craft and so on and so forth because of literally the craft and practical magic and movies like that in the 90s and they were angry that all these newbie wiccans were showing up kind of clouding their waves because they were totally into magic because they bind you from doing harm nancy and all this kind of stuff and they were like you know early wiccans just getting started and they had been inspired by watching TV shows and movies. And I looked at this guy and I had said to him, if it was good enough for Rachel True and Feruza Balk, why would it not be good enough for the rest of us? And he was like, what? And I was like, Rachel True started practicing tarot and doing divination and magic because of her role in that movie. Feruza Balk bought a magic shop and got very involved as a priestess of Wicca. I mean, the two of them became immediate converts and loved everything about the craft and got involved in it because they were in that movie and did research. 
and some like some interest for Feruza already existed beforehand but they got in deep because of this movie why if it worked for them would it not work for us and it just kind of like he just sort of stood there angry at me Um, (laughs) and I brought this up just like this last week talking to one of my friends and she had something really good to say and I'm trying to remember what it was she was talking about like I don't want to misquote her because I know she listens Um, but she was she was talking about how in uh, Geekomancy she doesn't really see any reason why we couldn't be inspired to do magic in the same fashion from all different kinds of like you know fiction and fantasy and stuff but anyways um, and I agreed and that was kind of the whole point of the conversation but it's also true with technology people distrust new things you know they they distrust new things preferring the old and the familiar and the comfortable and when they come to magic they're looking for comfort but they're also like even in fear they're looking for comfortable fear fear they can understand fear of death fear of monsters fear of demons fear of specters they're not looking for fear of newfangled techno demon you know they're and so they miss a big dimension the tradition that i practice uh the wristing tradition is drawn from a number of old roots uh cobbled together out of a lot of the trad craft lore that I had learned while kind of learning from various teachers throughout the years. Um, also with my own formal training that I had gained from like my Wiccan teacher back in the day. I don't practice Wicca anymore. And a number of other teachers who had taken me under their wing and kind of showed me some things. And a number of books that I'd read and so on and so forth. So it's a lot a lot of stuff. Um, coupled with some spirit practices and things like that. Some spirit teaching that I had inherited and so on and so forth. And some old lore that I had inherited from my parents, well, my mother specifically, and, and like some people I knew. But also, my lineage of it is almost entirely new. It's almost entirely innovated from these old magical practices that were married into a role-playing game on Second Life that exploded. Um, the Cabal of Nocturne, which is the lineage that I practice, uh, <laughs> I did that as a role-playing backdrop. I created it as a, like a, I was on a Harry Potter role-playing sim. And I I was in charge of creating it, because we couldn't use canon stuff. We had to come up with non-canon names and non-canon ideas. So it was an American university as opposed to like a uh, an English like boarding school. Um, it was, there were four houses, but we couldn't name them anything like Slytherin or, you know, like Gryffindor. And I was in charge of the Slytherin house. I was in charge of the 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 kids who are evil. Um, so, <laughs> like, I had to come up with something, and I just decided to throw in a little like old occultism. I was like, "Well, we're not wizards. That's the first thing. Everyone in my house is a witch, whether they're male or female." And we go back to the old French and Scottish fire and night witchcraft tradition. And I basically like fixed the canon for like for occult purposes but unfortunately i did it too well and so people started doing some of the the little rituals and calls that i would put into the game for filler like oh so they didn't really know no they had no idea they were just players and like all of all of the staff on the sim you know all of the admin who were teachers and things for this game they were all uh like occultists 
like we had a Kabbalist, we had uh, we had a number of Wiccans, we had a bunch of neo pagans, we had a whole bunch of people. We had a couple chaos magicians, and I was unprepared. <laughs> I was young and stupid, and I put this whole thing together, and like I just wanted it to be loyal to canon, not realizing that if it's loyal to canon, it's probably going to produce results. So, oh, no. so my 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 friends my little players the guy the kids who were like part of the game (laughs) would in the middle of chat when they were being attacked by these people from one of the rival houses would shout out nocturne aid me in main chat as part of their thing and the server would crash (laughs) (laughs) this happened a number of times and i like somewhere between three and five times i don't remember i always say five times but i might not be right but anyways but it happened a number of times before i was contacted by the admin of the sim and pulled into a conference like i got (laughs) i got called to the principal's office Shit. Yeah, I, I was in trouble. I got called to the principal's office. So um, I got <laughs> called in, and they were like, what did you do? I was like, I didn't do anything. They're like, did you summon something? Did you? What did you do? <laughs> and like several of them knew enough magic to be like, well, clearly you've called something. Maybe it's an egregore. Maybe it's a thought form. Maybe it's a demon. Maybe it's a... And I'm over here like, I just made a good role-playing setting. I just... <laughs> gave us some backdrop filler and people have been loving it and they're like well you keep crashing the sim just when people say the word nocturne and i was like well it didn't happen now because <laughs> you know we were in main chat but but anyway so i go and i sit down and i do some magic and i do some meditation to try to contact whatever force it was that i had unleashed and i went i took my avatar to the place where the whole thing originated where the, our weird little initiation rituals were happening and i sat down next to the big orifice the big like portal to the darkness that i had created for our backdrop and i'm sitting next to it and so i just do a divination thing and make a connection and do kind of like a mediumship channeling kind of deal and holy shit <laughs> oh my god uh so i had basically contacted the ancient powers behind witchcraft in some form and uh i felt like i had done something really amazing but also i needed to do proper like honor to it proper tribute so i spent like a year as a techno witch learning how to work with this power learning how to work with the magics that it was providing and learning how to learn the learning how to understand the wisdom it was trying to convey and then i turned that into the lineage of my tradition i finally had found my own lineage within the tradition instead of just kind of teaching the basic foundation and being kind of lost so that was cool um but that's how nocturne was originated that's how the lineage originated and a lot of people are kind of like well doesn't that mean you made it all up and i'm like maybe you know i mean I found literally everything that the spirits showed me. I found it in a book later. So yeah, probably I've not. Happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. like probably not. But you know, I mean, as far as it goes, I I didn't like have this handed to me by anyone. It just has a. Co- anytime I would not know what to do, I would throw in some of the initiatory lore that I actually inherited from somewhere. Um, but that was precious little like there's so much in in the lineage now that is just like it's it was taught to me by the spirits and they taught me through the computer so you know i'm like carol ann with the tv they're here (laughs) (laughs) anyway 
Um, and it's interesting because during that period of time, I was designing divination systems, um, and I was designing them in-game. So I was like taking scripts and putting them into objects that allowed the objects to produce random results, like random fortunes, and it would tell you a fortune based on your question. Nice. And they and those worked, and I did. I just felt like that was my own magic. I didn't think that there was anything special going on, so I should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so there, I've shared that story. I really feel like I've told that story before. Uh, this was, you told it a lot differently this time than I've heard you tell it before. Um, and it relates a lot more directly to, you know, technomancy. Well, good. Okay. A lot of times you've just sort of mentioned that um, the server was crashing. Yes. Uh, you know what, though? <laughs> it, and the thing is, I should have known better. I mean, the character that I was playing had the ability to see the future, but I didn't have the ability to predict the future without, like, cards or something. And so she would spout off things. I would just, like, get in the zone, and I would just, like, vaguely roleplay things, sort of like Professor Trelawney, and just be like, oh, <laughs> never mind the, the, the mug or whatever. You know, or, like, the Oracle from The Matrix, and be like, now the thing that's going to really cook your noodle is, would you have dropped that vase if I hadn't told you to? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Like, I'll, I would say things like that. But the thing is, my little predictions would come true, and that was scary. <laughs> so I just ignored it. <laughs> like, like a derp. Anyways, um, so, okay, here's a question for you guys, since I've been talking a lot. Radio. Um, what do you do when your magic glitches your tech? Okay, well, um, I'm going to tell you that I actually do have an indicator for that now, besides just my tech glitching, really? which is um, the thing that, number one, glitches my tech is my emotions being out of control. Mm -hmm. When that happens and I'm at home, my cats will also be out of control. Ah, so you have little living, like... They're like emoticons. Yeah, they're like <laughs> they're little emotion detectors. One of them is, is like, asleep on me right now. Um, and so that's, like, you know, the opposite of me being aggro. Um, but, yeah, so I'll have at least a good indicator of um, the, the fact that I am probably what's going wrong with my tech. Um, ah. But once I figure it out, it is hard to to rein it in if it's my anger that is making the technology screw up right because it's just so recursive because then i get frustrated at myself and then i'm frustrated at being frustrated well there you are yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah I but have at some point yeah I, I have to like basically try to focus on something that makes me happy so you know i have a few things that i do have go-tos for i'll i will actually just go for the cats and be like hey i'm gonna help calm you down and then we'll both calm down that's actually really good because you have kind of a mental shunt of cats are always better than everything. Yes, and they are. And they just improve everything, so that allows you to kind of shut down that particular reaction. That's good. What yeah, about you, Tiff? It's really just, you know, curing <laughs> that. Right. What about you, Tiff? Well, I usually have it very similarly where it's like emotions-based, and I sort of take the tech support route where I reboot the computer and at the same time just be like, okay, let's take a moment and calm down. <laughs> so while I'm counting to 30, you know, you turn off your computer, count to 30, turn it back on. I'm also like counting down, trying to calm down myself. 
And if the tech still isn't working, then I just walk away and do something else. Because <laughs> ah. <laughs> obviously 30 seconds wasn't enough. <laughs> well, and, and you know, I was just thinking about that earlier. I was talking to uh, Felix when we were first planning this particular uh, podcast. And one of the things that I thought of is, you know, those of us who are comfortable with tech in our magic, um, especially if we have any sort of like... Um, debug or troubleshooting experience where we we've gotten into it and kind of fixed our glitchy software or whatever i feel like that gives us a kind of attitude about our magic where it's like oh this is not working hold on let me let me troubleshoot Mm -hmm. as opposed to doing that thing that a lot of magicians do where they just kind of stubborn their way through it even if it's not really working right and then they get mad about it you know what I mean? Like, they resent mm-hmm. their own, like, humanity. They resent their own, like, I error. could say that. I spent a lot of time having to set up printers in my life, and that makes you have to troubleshoot quite a lot of things, quite a lot of little error codes, right. quite a lot of, oh, why is it doing this particular thing? And you just have to be really persistent and, and do things over and over again. Um, and just really be willing to mm-hmm. right I was gonna say that sounds like a kind of like a really good valuable life skill but also a really good valuable occult skill like thinking about your symbols and the patterns you've created thinking about the 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 way things are happening checking the the flow and checking how things are going that kind of like I don't know that that troubleshooting attitude, that tech support attitude. Um, it, it makes sense for when we're doing magical practice as well as when we're playing with our computer or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like the combination is pretty like solid, and it makes a lot of sense, and it actually helps in a lot of cases. So, I feel like that's like a life skill that we could all of us as occultists benefit from. And another thing that I want to mention is also, like, especially when it comes to phones, because a lot of my tech stuff is through my phone, if there's, like, a physical issue with it, sometimes it glitches out. Like, I had a screen broke on my phone, and it would literally um, cause problems magically. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, my readings were all weird. I like I had to pull out my physical cards instead of using my phone because it did not like the fact. Yeah, it it was like, I sort of personify my phone a little bit, but it didn't like the fact that the phone was, the screen was cracked and I hadn't fixed it, so. That's sort of an animistic just, attitude, and that yeah. makes sense, though. Um, like a broken tool, whether it is a tarot deck or, you know, like a, a wand or, you know, whether it's a computer or a smartphone, it won't do the work properly if it's broken. Mm-hmm. It becomes a tool for something else at that point. Like a broken mirror has a use for something, but it's certainly not going to be used for regular mirror stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, I've found a similar kind of experience when I've been dealing with kind of stuff. So, I have a tendency to glitch things. Like, I glitch computers. I glitch uh, recordings. I break stuff um i have a tendency to if i'm playing on a computer and i get really angry i have to watch myself with like like uh mmorpgs because i take things very personally um 
I will not only fuck up the the server, like I will crash the server. Like at one point, I got so hostily mad at uh, at a, a Final Fantasy game. Like I was playing on Final Fantasy Online, and then uh, I got so fucking mad that I crashed their server. They went down. Nobody could connect. Oh, no. I don't know how long it was because I was so fuming that I walked away for like a couple hours, but like it crashed and I was not able to log on and I called my friend and he wasn't able to log on and everything was fucked up. But also I wrecked my computer, which I have done on multiple occasions. And we were lucky that the blue smoke didn't come out, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) just poof, it's dead. Um, And that is something that I've had to kind of get used to when I'm angry or upset or emotionally heated. I channel a lot of power and sometimes the device is not prepared for that kind of power it converts into a revving of actual kinetic energy and electricity and it does not handle it well mm-hmm. um so it's very interesting it's sort of like like rspk like poltergeist activity mm-hmm. but i've i've also had glitches in my low tech like and i know that um, felix you have glitches in your high tech as well yeah, and I've like I've worked with printers on like a a minor and major scale. I've worked with printers that are like bigger than than two of you. Um, okay. <laughs> they're like, oh my god! And from by the you, 70s. I mean anybody. Like, are you in the audience? Then two of whoever you are. Okay. It doesn't matter who you are and what your size is. These printers are huge. Um, and they could have any kind of number of glitches, but a lot of times it would still correspond to my emotional state or to magical stuff. And I found that it could also like give some magical sort of kicks to it to get it to get working again. Yes. Um, Once you understand that your magic is doing it, grounding and centering usually helps. Yeah, um, a lot of times it would be reacting to other people's shit. Yes. Like, printers are very susceptible to just pretty much, like, you know, an atom moving in the wind. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They are... They're so fragile. So, so fragile. I flooded an eyelash and it died. (laughs) You must comfort them at all times. Aww. Um, But, yeah. um, They they're easily disturbed but they're also like easily affected by simply just giving them some better vibes well that's Um, good you know people say the same sort of thing about plants like sing to them say nice things to them mean it and they will grow and i'm over here going i guess that's why they don't like me because i'm a bitter salty bitch well i mean it depends um it depends on the plant and what the environment is Everybody says that too, but the thing is, I have watched people sing a plant into health. So I'm just like, well, all right. I believe that. I believe they can de- definitely do that. I-, I think that there's there's a multitude of of things that can benefit plants. I've I've been very bad and very good at plant throughout my life. Yes. So. <laughs> you have a talent for plants now, so that's good. You've debugged yeah, your I'm plants. Still, your plant. I'm magic. still able to kill them though. It's 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 sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like they say, you have to be able to hex in order to heal. Well, you have to be able to murder the plant in order to heal it. <laughs> and you have to be able to abandon them, on the, abandon them on the deck when it turns out that your cats eat all plants that are in the house ever. Right. Well, and see, and that's what I mean by, like, I've also noticed that, like, I can glitch low-tech. 
like, and I've noticed that low tackle glitch. Like the other night, I was doing some paper magic. I, that's one of the things my coven is into right now, and we were um, we were doing a whole bunch of stuff, and and um, I noticed that the paper was bucking in my fingers, like it wasn't wanting to fold, it wasn't wanting to go in that direction, it wasn't wanting to do things, and I I sat down and I was like, is this the magic part where I have to basically like glare at the paper and be like, don't fuck with me, and then it suddenly settles like a like a calmed horse. Like, is this actually the whole point of people who did, like, origami as a magical art? Because if it is, then I think I just figured out the trick. (laughs) (laughs) I've Uh. had adverse drawings. I've had trouble ripping them out of the tablet correctly. Okay. Like, they won't tear along the edge like they're supposed to. Um, They'll have a big, weird rip. Um, Or they won't want to rip out. Right. Um... Like so, I've had I've had things like that happen. Um, I've had stuff want to f- flap away and escape, um, and I have to kind of chase it down. Right. Well, and you know that what that basically says to me is that we as magicians have influence over everything in the world around us, and sometimes that influence is not wanted. Um, I. I do needlecraft and like sometimes I literally have to like lecture my sewing machine so it will stop snarling everything. And we wonder it. and we wonder why so many magicians are animists. <laughs> yeah, like I I, t- I tend to all, when I get a computer I go ahead and name it because it tends to work better that way. Right. Just go ahead and let it have a name and then I, I tend to let them just build their own personality. I don't really project anything onto them. Right. Um but you know, I tend to be pretty free range with all my spirits that I work with. So I do a, a lot of similar approach. stuff like that. And the stronger the bond you have with your device, the the better it works. Um, or at least the better. That's that's been true for me anyway. Now, Tiff, you had something interesting to bring up regarding Wi-Fi. Yes, magic fucks with Wi-Fi. <laughs> it can it can it can hurt or it can heal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing that I've noticed, like I actually stayed at a friend's house before and like nothing of mine would connect to the Wi-Fi router. So I just like did a little poke around and I noticed that they had like an altar right next to it. And I'm like, hey, um, you might want to think about your router placement because I think whatever's going on on this is <laughs> totally making it not want to connect to anything. Right. <laughs> it's basically like radioactive. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You're influencing so. the thing. Well, you know, like, it's a well-known, like, thing in the occult community. It's a well-known trend, truism, I guess, um, that magic affects the weather. Like, mm-hmm. even if you're not doing a weather spell, certain kinds of magic will affect the weather. Like, like people already know this. Um, I've been personally present in multiple rituals where our whole goal was nothing to do with the weather at all, but, like, as a result, it snowed in July. <laughs> you know, like we would just be doing our magic and there would be a weird, like hot, heavy kind of like stillness. And then the next thing we know, clouds would roll in and it would start to snow and we're like, what is this news? Um, I've got a, an interesting little tidbit about that kind of thing. Yeah, go. Um, I was doing a group ritual on the beach um, on the Oregon coast and um the area that we were standing in, the tide did not come in at all. 
but the area to the to either side of us, the tide came in pretty far, so it was basically like a bowl of tide around us. Oh, it was a tidy bowl. Yeah, a tidy <laughs> bowl. Yeah, and like for like basically an hour, that was just kind of how the the tide was working. It's like, oh, okay, it just stayed back, but right. then to the side, it just came in. It was kind of like we were in a different time zone. Isn't that weird? But the the whole point is, though, like, magic affects reality. It affects the physical laws. It affects the things in the physical world. Why on earth would people not think that it would affect radio waves? Mm-hmm. You know, like, radio waves. why would you not think that it would affect your Wi-Fi? Why would you not think it would affect your computer? Why would you not think that it would affect the devices with, like, small moving parts and electricity like i've had to deal with this as an affliction my entire life i have an impact upon anything electronic in my in my space and the more angry and upset i am the more effect i have on it to the point where like if i'm upset like i'm really really upset i have to go outside because and then i just <laughs> let it affect the weather instead and then the wind starts blowing and it starts to rain um <laughs> because it's just not safe <laughs> I might detonate something while someone's trying to use the microwave, you know? It's, this is not a good place. So, and it goes where your attention goes. Like, for a witch, your power goes where your attention goes. Um, so, you got to be careful with that. Um, people need to be closer aware of their magical involvement. And I think that the study of technomantic practices would teach them, like, if, if, if occultists would pick up and study technomancy instead of deciding to have an opinion about it before they ever get there they would probably learn a lot about their own magic and about the 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 actual like real world results of their magic a lot faster um and a lot more solidly and they would be able to be like well i hate technomancy and it works which means that magic is real so i don't have to practice technomancy anymore you know you can have (laughs) it you can have an opinion but make it an informed one all right, so... You- I will say there's um, some technomancy I've been able to use to sort of kind of sling my anger around instead of having it gum up things. Good. Turn it into something constructive. Yeah, yeah I do that too. Yeah, it's like kind of the nature of technomancy means, you know, you can access things like blogs and playlists and all kinds of other things that allow you to just sort of manage emotions. Right. Okay, so I think that it's time... What do you think? I think it might be time for us to move forward. Let's do it. All right. Are you ready for this, Tiff? Yes. Okay, cool. It is. Oh, no, they were ready for that. (laughs) (laughs) It is time now for our divination and consultment segment. A consultation segment. Sorry, guys. A.K.A. Celtic Crosshairs, where we show off how awesome we are by answering questions from our clever and beautiful loyal fans. We love you. We love you. But first, Felix has some info for you, and it's not info you're going to get from a demon or from Google. That's right. So, um, if you want to send in questions and comments and also see what the latest news is with the podcast without having to worry about the lag of, you know, waiting for another episode, you can go to circleofsaltpodcast.tumblr.com. Um, you can also seek out our Discord channel um, or our presence on Second Life, and you can do so by inquiring privately about that matter. Yes. In fact, you should inquire privately to Brune. Yes, because leave everybody else alone. He literally knows how to do that, and I don't understand <laughs> it. <laughs> he has the magic key in a secret cave behind a crystal. Now I have to go make a magic key with a crystal. Really? 
don't don't <laughs> tell them things like now I have to go do all that. It's in the astral, honey. Just say it's in the astral. Um, oh God. <laughs> In either of those locations, you do like Tumblr does and just say it's in the astral. No. In either of those locations, you can chat about current and future episodes, bring up future episode topics, and plot about the overthrowing of the Magical Congress. Yes. Down with Makuza. That's right. <laughs> All right. This is those movies, right? <laughs> right. We're in those, right? The, I am not Grindelwald. Don't ask. <laughs> He's not Grindelwald. Okay, so... We are going to do our divination now. And our divination for today is going to be digital. We are not only going to be taking questions through the the magical powers of the internet, we're also going to be using digital methods to divine the answers. So let's go ahead and take a look at some of these questions. Okay, so we have two questions from what I can see here. Mm-hmm. All right, we have two questions, and all right, let's start with the first one. Uh, hey guys, longtime fan for the Celtic Crosshairs, which is this. My cards recently told me to seek out a community, but aren't being helpful about where or how to do that. Maybe your cards will be less salty than mine. And this is being—we're going to name this person Lone Star Card. I don't know why, because I'm a nerd. <laughs> But anyways, okay, so uh, the method that I am going to use to answer this particular question will involve my digital tarot here on Second Life. And so I'm going to head over there real quick. He is literally getting up and heading over there, by the way. Yep. In Second Life. Here I go. I'm watching. And I'm walking through the wardrobe and into the secret Narnia. And here I am. Okay, so I will answer using this. I will pull some cards for that. And what shall you guys do? I am going to use my Galaxy Tone um, tarot app on my Android. And I am using my Mystical Cats tarot on my iPhone. Okay. The Galaxy Tone is a um, just very simplified Rider Waite Smith. Ah. All right, so um, my cards will disappear if I don't read them quickly, so I'm going to go ahead and read mine. So I pulled a three-card reading because, unfortunately, my deck is programmed with only specific spreads. And so I did a three-card, and the answer to you is this. Uh, you have the tower card inverted. You cannot achieve the future while holding to the present. And you must experience a destruction of situation before you can move any forward into a new community. Uh, then I have the Two of Pentacles, and I have the Page of Wands. Two of Pentacles says, discernment will be possible once the destruction has come, you'll be able to take stock. The Page of Wands says, and then you'll be able to locate new people because you will be able to be optimistic about your life again. So that is what they have to say. All right. Would you like to go, or should I? I will go ahead and go. Um, I was sort of pulling while Rune was reading, and I did a one card, and sort of uh, looks like it's kind of piggybacking off of Rune's. Um, I pulled Cat Magic, which is the Magician reversed, um, which is basically um, looking at your own um, magical power, and don't 
basically don't doubt yourself in this situation. Maybe you, uh, you're looking for a community because you doubt yourself or you doubt your magical abilities, but you are an, uh, basically sort of encouraging you that remember that you're uh, an able magical practitioner in your own right. So I've got a card that is basically going to apply to whatever community it is you try to join. Um, and it's kind of explaining why it is feeling difficult to join a community. Um, it's the strength card. Um, and basically whatever community you join you're going to have to face whatever it is that you like least about communities and interfacing with them you're going to have to face that pretty soon whenever you try to join that community and it's going to make you uncomfortable for a little bit but if you just sort of like sit through it for a little bit like maybe it's just a socially awkward situation that makes you grit your teeth or something but the first time it happens you're going to learn that it's actually not the end of the world and you ha are capable of handling it and have tools for handling it once you do that it's going to be a lot easier to deal with community good alright so yeah you're totally equipped for this and you're definitely strong enough to be able to handle this you can do it mm -hmm. alright so let's go ahead and move on to the next question next question is uh, from birdwitch not a divination question. What are your favorite Christmas treats? Feel free to let any demon answer this as well. Okay, but that turns it into divination because then we're going to have to talk to the spirits. So <laughs> I will talk to my friends and see what they have to say. And they don't care. Not all of them are demons and they're still going to answer. So uh, let me see here. One of them says... Uh, what? What in the hell is that? Oh, candied flowers? That's weird. How is that a Christmas treat? Is that a Christmas treat? Okay. Another one says malice. <laughs> malice and drama. Really? <laughs> and the other That's in 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 plentiful supply. And the other one says wine. <laughs> Pretty much anything alcoholic, really. <laughs> another thing in plentiful supply right now that is terrible okay well that's hilarious and um for me i love anything to do with peppermint right now because of my peppermint spell uh for those of you who don't know about it too bad um <laughs> pay attention and listen to my my podcast and read my blog but anyways um and but i always love chocolate chip cookies every mm. season every year chocolate chip cookies i love them just do the fucking toll house recipe off of the back of the bag i'm not even kidding as long as it doesn't involve like pumpkin then it's fine because that stuff is gross <laughs> anyways so yeah um that would be what we were dealing with there so those are mine what about you guys if you're up first. I'm up first. All right. Yep, tag, you're so it. Let's see. Looks like I got cat magic this time upright. Ah! So <laughs> magical season. So favorite tree is the magic of the season. <laughs> Yay. 
And I personally like um, the chocolate oranges that you get around this time of year. Mm. Um, and a funny story, when I was little, I could never hit them hard enough on the table, so i just chuck it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and I also really like the um, uh, peanut butter cookies that you put the uh, Hershey's Kisses in. Oh, that's cool. In there, so. I like that. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So I like all kinds of things I can no longer eat because I went had to go gluten-free in like 2010. Because um, it turns out I can't eat gluten because it treads my intestines. However, I want to give everybody a tip out there that if you get better batter gluten-free flour, just Google better batter, you'll find it, then you can use that for the Nestle Toll House co- chocolate cookie <laughs> recipe. <laughs> and it doesn't involve pumpkin. And you can bake those for me. <laughs> there you go. And then we can and both I can have them. eat them all. Oh, yes. Okay, no, you could have those. Um, I'll have the, the no, no, ones. Yeah, <laughs> like, and you can also, like, I, what, I, what I mean by I can eat them all is that, like, I would be able to eat them all. Yes. Um, and prob- you probably could not because you would throw up. It would be too much. Yeah, it would actually be So bad. I will gladly take yeah. them off your hands. My favorite Christmas treats, though, um, first I'll say mine, which is, um, (laughs) gosh, I just really love those sugary cookies that are, like, you know, covered in, um, like, different colored candy. They're kind of, like, gingerbread flavored, um, or or shortbread flavored. They're usually over in, like, the bakery section. They're, like, the cheap-ass things, but they're entirely made of gluten, so I haven't been able to eat them in, like, eight years. Aww. Um... But yeah, those kinds of uh, those kinds of cookies, and I really like uh, truffles and stuff, um, and I love like um, peppermint mochas and peppermint lattes. I'll put peppermint in my chai lattes. Yes, yes. Unleash the peppermint. Now, as for <laughs> let's see, who's going to? Um, I'm going to draw a card, and I guess they'll identify themselves by who is saying what their favorite holiday treat is. So, what is it? The Hierophant. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So, I guess I'll tell you that I have a a tradition with Lucifer um, where I give him the seasonal treat of the year. So, if if it's a kind of candy corn, then he gets the seasonal corn. So... Valentine's corn or harvest corn or Christmas corn like because it, it, it comes in all yeah I know that's that's how you know it's Lucifer um, <laughs> and also I give him the seasonal Reese's uh, shaped chocolate covered peanut butter thing of the year like you know the little peanut butter trees that don't look a thing like fucking trees they look more like butt plugs or something right oh my god that is like a perfect <laughs> gift <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas, Lucifer. So if you're like Lucifer, trying to offer something to plug. Lucifer, yeah, P- Lucifer would like peanut butter butt plugs and awful candy corn that is seasonal. Uh, he wants all of those. Right now, I have to. On that note, I have to mention that one of our listeners, uh, who has written in before, who is terrible, <laughs> and you know who you are, has sent me a giant peppermint wand. It is a huge freaking log of peppermint. Mm. It is a ginormous log of peppermint that I swear to God, when you say butt plug, I'm over here going, <laughs> because you're prepping for this thing. 
Oh <laughs> my gosh! It's ter- and you know what? When it got here, and she sent this to me <laughs> as a gift, and it, it's it's a, a gag gift. I'm tempted to wrap it up and white elephant it, but that's <laughs> but it's but it's hilarious. I've actually decided to make peppermint bark for Yule this year and use that as Yay. like the crumbly because when it when it got here, it was already splintered and broken. Oh no! <laughs> I was just like, well, there it so goes. <laughs> It, yeah, that's very good to add to cookies. And it's stuff. like ten pounds of freaking peppermint in a box. That's cool. It's a very good baking gift. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, that is my honorable mention. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, so that broken peppermint tree, giant monstrous peppermint. Okay, so all right, <laughs> that kind of tidies us up for the evening, um, and. Honestly, I, you know what, this has been a good kind of, like, come back to the podcast. Uh, so thank you all for listening and for putting up with our craziness. Yeah, if we manage to edit a bunch of them, we may just have, like, a whole bunch of episodes released in December, like some sort of big Yule present. Yes, it's the advent. <laughs> <laughs> the 12 days of yeah. podcast. <laughs> we'll see what happens. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me salt. <laughs> Just lots and lots of salt. Exactly. Uh, five circles of salt. So thanks again, as always, to Sharon Knight and Winter for the intro and outro music. You can find their music at SharonKnight.net. That is Sharon, K-N-I-G-H-T, dot net. Uh, please listen to everything that they play and buy it all and have it on your iTunes or preferred music of choice. Uh, they are amazing. And, you know, if you buy all of their stuff because we advertise it, then they will be happy with us. And that would make me happy. All right. So thanks for coming, everybody. And thank you, Tiff, for joining us. Uh, we hope to have you back. I hope to be back. Yes. <laughs> And all right. And thanks as always to, and I should probably state this kind of like cautiously, unbeknownst to all of you, we have a third member of our, of our, uh, our staff here at Circle of Salt who wishes to remain nameless. So we refer to them only as the mysterious dark shadow. And so thanks, thanks to the mysterious dark shadow. You know who you are. Thank you so much. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night.